Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to 15 Days of Festive Fear, day number two. And our story today comes from Audrey and it is from the 11th of August, 2023. A little background, I am a registered nurse. I come from a medical family and I married a doctor and we made a medical family. Our oldest son is also a doctor. I'm telling you this because none of us in this extended family are prone to paranormal fantasies. We believe in hard evidence and science. That doesn't explain any of the things that have happened to us. My parents come from France. Mum's parents believed in les lutins, leprechauns. My grandfather, a teetotaler, was making his way home from the village late one night, walking across a field to his house. This was a regular route with a well-trodden pathway through the field. There was a bright enough moon that he could see well, He spent hours walking around that field not being able to find the pathway leading to a stone wall and a wooden gate at the edge of the field. He finally accepted that he was lost and lay down under an old tree and went to sleep thinking to himself that he would be able to find his way at sunrise. He was puzzled because the route through the field was reasonably straight He should have been able to see lights in the collection of homes on the other side of the field, but he saw nothing. Sunrise came and he woke to find there was no old tree. He was actually sleeping propped up against the wooden gate that marked the field border and, on the other side, the homes he couldn't see the night before. He says that before he went to sleep under the tree, he thought he heard someone laughing in his ear. He believes that it was a leprechaun playing tricks on him. During my childhood and my teenage years, my family and I experienced one particular regular event that would make us all a little unnerved. Mum and Dad bought land and built a house, so our home had no one else living in it prior to us. At the far back corner of the land was a natural spring. It was barely perceptible in the early years, My dad filled in the channel that the spring had carved out of the earth. He built the house, straddling the old stream bed. He diverted the spring and had kind of skirted the side of our land. The house had what we call a shotgun hallway. It went from the front of the house all the way to the back, with rooms coming off each side. At the end of that hallway was the toilet. 
Every now and then, in the middle of the night, one of us would hear someone shuffling down the hallway, swing open the toilet door and close it. There were no other sounds. No one flushed, no one came out of the toilet and no one walked back up the hallway. I asked my parents many times who it was that was making that racket in the middle of the night. Was it mum or dad or my siblings? No one admitted to being the hallway shuffler and everyone agreed that they had heard it many times over the years and had never heard anyone actually come out of the toilet. Now, years later, I have come to the conclusion that the natural spring on the land somehow was conducive to these paranormal events. When our eldest son was about seven years old, we were poor university students. We were renting a small cottage which had been lived in for more than 50 years by one couple. They had been childless and their home and garden was very important to them. When they passed away, our little family had the very good luck to be able to rent the cottage. We were thrilled, excited to be replanting gardens and have space to call our own. However, it appears that I was unwelcome in my son's bedroom. Bedtime story reading was always fun, but once the book reading was done, I felt compelled to leave his bedroom. I couldn't stay any longer. The feeling was sometimes overwhelming. During the day, it was no problem, but once the bedtime routine was over, I was not staying in there. I asked my son casually if he liked his room, making sure that I didn't give him any reason to be frightened. He replied, Oh yes, mum, the old man comes to sit and look after me when I'm ready to go to sleep, and he stays there all night. I was shocked to hear this, but I didn't show my son my reaction. I just said, Okay, well that's lovely that you have an extra someone looking after you. There it was. The old fellow was coming to take care of the little boy he had never been able to have in his life, and he didn't like my presence. He finally disappeared out of the room about six years later. My son told me, The old guy has gone, he did his job, in a matter-of-fact kind of way. On my way to a night shift, I was driving past a well-known cemetery, Dutton Park Cemetery, now known as South Brisbane Cemetery. It occupies 27 acres of land, which had its first burial in 1870 and has over 19,500 graves on site. It is no longer available for use, but does have some available family plots. There's a large cemetery gate on one of the main roads. This night, at about 10.15, I was sitting at a red traffic light, contemplating my upcoming shift duties. I glanced over to the cemetery gates and saw a man standing right in front of the gates at the edge of the road. He looked like he wanted to cross the road but was hesitating. I took a quick look around at the traffic, looked back at the man and thought to myself that he would need to be careful if he wanted to cross the busy road. To my surprise, he started to fade into nothing. I watched as his brown workmen's trousers, shirt, boots, his body, slowly faded into the night. Suddenly, he was gone. He couldn't have gone into the cemetery because the high gates are locked at night. He wasn't walking along the footpath. He wasn't making his way across the road. I was so shocked that I found myself at a standstill with a green traffic light, taking a few seconds to realise that I could drive off. 
I was a team leader on an afternoon shift in a general medical ward where I worked. This was during the afternoon shift of 1445 to 2300 hours, and probably a couple of hours before the end of the shift. Most patients had settled down for the night, everything was relatively quiet. Unfortunately, one of our patients coded, but happily she was successfully resuscitated. Two days after the event, one of the team from ICU told me, Oh, Mrs X wants to see you. She was sitting up in bed, still monitored, but extubated and smiling and happy. She said, Oh, I wanted to see you because I saw what you did for me. I was a bit taken aback and I asked her, What did I do? When you pulled me back, she said. We talked for a couple of minutes and I was surprised by her information. She said that she knew something strange was going on because she opened her eyes and she found she was floating near the ceiling of her hospital room. She said she saw me rush into her room and punch the code blue button above her bedhead and start performing CPR on her. She described the code team coming into her and all the different things the team did to save her life. I merely listened and I didn't feed her any information regarding what had or had not been done to her during the resuscitation process. Then she said, Oh, that nice doctor who was dressed all in green. He has a very sweet spot for you. But you know, he has a bald patch on the top of his head. I laughed and asked, Dr. X? I knew who he was, as I had spoken to him on the odd occasion. Honestly, I'm five foot three and this doctor was around six foot, so there wasn't any way this tiny nurse had seen the top of his head. Or in fact, how this little old lady lying in her hospital bed had seen that bald spot. Also, I did check his hairline later on when he was sitting at a desk and yes, he had a bald spot. She then starts to tell me about having no pain or fear and the people above the ceiling, unquote, were asking her to go back because she was being hasty trying to come and stay with them. When I asked her if she wanted to come back, she said, Oh, I didn't mind. I know what's there now and I'm certain it's going to be fantastic, so I'm ready when they are. The lady went home from the hospital, happier than I had previously seen her. She seemed to have a new bounce to her step, and despite her 78 plus years, I thought she looked more vibrant and lively since her resuscitation. I hope she found those people above the ceiling when her time eventually came. I worked at a large former Defence Force repatriation hospital, which originally was built for former soldiers from the Second World War and was opened in 1942. So the old part of the hospital had housed and treated many returned soldiers. A couple of years ago, I worked in the recovery area of the operating theatre and I was transporting a patient back to his room with the help of a porter. The porter pushed the patient's bed ahead of me and I signalled the ward nurse that we had arrived. As she was busy, I took the patient into his wardroom, set up the patient's monitoring and settled him in. The porter left the room and after I completed my tasks and was sure the patient was comfortable, I turned my back on him for a second to talk to the patient who was across the room. As I was talking to that patient, I felt a double tap on my shoulder, and I immediately thought, oh, the ward nurse is here, time for the handover. A quick thought that I barely registered. I turned to say hello to her, and no one was there. The patient who I'd been talking to laughed at me, because I must have obviously flinched or looked like I was expecting to see someone. He said, 
that ghost has been tapping me on the shoulder too. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk any further to him because my nursing duties took precedent. But I always wondered who that tapping ghost was in the ward. There is nothing I love more than a story that starts with, we are people of science, we like hard evidence, we are not people who are easily swayed by the paranormal, but all of these strange things happened and I don't know what to make of them. Just, I love it, Audrey, I love it. So the first, the first story I particularly loved, right? Your story is, your story about Les Lutins. I think that's how you pronounce it in French. But you know what I love particularly is um, the fact that these stories about leprechauns, the fae, fairy folk, whatever you want to call them, are universal and versions of them exist in countries all over the world, not just in places like Ireland, right? Because my grandmother used to tell me stories about a man who went into the field and couldn't find his way out. And the way to find your way out, apparently, is to turn your jacket inside out because fairies are terrified of what they perceive as madness and therefore if your clothes were inside out they would think you were mad and they would let you go they wouldn't want anything to do with you but those stories of people going into fields and you know a field that is a square field and has a gate in one part of it and the person knows where the gate is etc and not being able to find their way out very common in fairy lore and I love that it also exists in France as well I sort of quite like the fact that the hallway shuffler has never been outed. They've never been identified all those years later. But I also love that everyone heard it at different points over the years. And they're like, well, somebody's getting up to go to the toilet. Okay, no, they're not because they haven't come out yet. The toilet hasn't flushed. What is going on here? And, you know, I, I think you never know what has happened on various bits of land. You just never know. And especially land that has water on it, apparently. I mean, I sound like I sound like I'm I'm a paranormal investigator on a TV show now. But apparently water is a conduit for the paranormal, as they say. So maybe you're right. Maybe that natural spring was conducive to these paranormal events. And in regard to the rented home that you used to live in, um, that you rented after that couple had lived there for 50 years. First of all, it does sound like that man was like, excuse me, I'm looking after this child. You can leave now. You can read your story and you can leave. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm sorry. It's time for the jingle. I'm sorry, Audrey. Your son deserves the jingle. If they have black eyes, talk about past lives. Fill your heart with dread standing by your bed. See ghosts in their room or foretell your doom. They're a creepy kid. Thanks, Mary, as always, for the brief interlude. But Audrey, you have a, you have a creepy kid. Let's hope that he is no longer creepy. And that he is now not a creepy doctor. I, I don't know if it's the same child, actually. I was just making wild assumptions there. And I don't know what I would do if I was sort of sitting in traffic or sitting anywhere, not just necessarily in traffic. And I saw somebody literally fade out of sight. Like what? 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 They, what? <laughs> no wonder you, you didn't see the green light. I'd be too busy being like, where did that man go? Never mind the green light, people. I wonder if anybody else sitting in traffic saw it as well. I know there's no way of finding that out now, but I do wonder if anybody else saw it. And as for the OBE, out-of-body experience, near-death experience, listen, I will fully 100% believe that somebody had an out-of-body experience without... I don't need proof. I don't I don't need you to explain it to me scientifically. I'm just going to believe it. I just think that weird things happen when you're on the verge of death. I really do think that. 
I don't care if it's your brain. I don't, I like, I don't know what it is. Okay. I don't know what it is. But this crack of people floating above their bodies, floating up at the ceiling, watching everything that's happening below, seeing all the things that are happening. I know there's been studies done into it before, which have been like, oh, you know, it's just the brain. Well, I'm sorry. Restudy. That's what you need to do. Restudy. Because I don't know what's happening with OBEs, but I want to know. Or maybe I don't want to know. Actually, I don't know if I actually want to know. I love the way the patient in in your last story is like, lol, ghost. The ghost got me too. Don't worry about it. I'd be like, listen, don't don't you be don't you be so flippant about this, okay? You're the one in hospital, not me. Stop being flippant about ghosts and stuff because you could be one at any second. Um, this is reason number one why I'm not a nurse, because I would be lacking in bedside manner. I think. Thank you so much to Audrey for sending in your stories. Remember, Audrey's stories came from the 11th of August, 2023. Thank you very much for listening. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.